you found the Leadership Lowdown here on the Michigan Business Network. This is Vic Bercero, and I'm so excited to have you join us here on the Leadership Lowdown. Today, our guest is Karen Gallagher. She's the founder and president of Wellness Institute of Michigan, and she's a, ther a therapist. So, Karen, welcome. We're, we're glad to have you join us today. Well, Vic, thank you so much for this opportunity, and I'm excited to be able to talk about these issues together. Yeah, well, and, and these are interesting times, and, and honestly, um, if you recall, that's one of the reasons why we, we ask if we could get together is, is um, you deal with all kinds of um, uh, things that people struggle with, and um, right now, my heart's just burdened for the people around uh, the state because some people are, are um, very emotionally distraught about these issues. They're, they're, they're uh, uh, have a high level of anxieties. Other people are are getting angry and they're not dealing with those things. And here in your practice uh, on the Wellness Institute of Michigan is all about helping people uh, understand what they're going through and helping them get from the rough spot they're in to higher ground. Tell us, tell us about your background. Did you just start last week? Or you've been at this for a while. <laughs> yeah, I just started last week. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm 21. Yeah. <laughs> Um, no, actually, um, I'm not going to tell you how long I've been doing this, but a long time. <laughs> so I started from Michigan. I'm, I'm a graduate from Michigan State University, and I have a master's, really? uh, master's in social work. So I've got some green blood going on. Yeah. Um, so does my family, all of my children, all of my family on the extended side. I always joke that I feel like uh, <laughs> I own a building on that campus at this point. <laughs> They just didn't name it after you, right? Right, because of everybody that was put through there. Yeah. Um, so I have a master's in social work, and I've had experience in a lot of different kinds of settings in terms of providing clinical work. Um, so, for example, I've provided services on an inpatient hospital basis, in substance abuse services, in mental health and rehabilitation. Um, and now, in the last 21 years, um, I've been in private practice. Mm, that's amazing. Well, you know, and, and, and as you think about these extraordinary times, um, you know, people in, in the best of times, people struggle with different things depending on their own personal path and their own personal situation. So when you add those personal challenges and then a, a nice dose of an of a international pandemic, um, <laughs> you've got some serious recipes for some challenges. And has any of that come to your doorstep in terms of some of the way your your uh, your therapist and your leadership there have been have been dealing with uh, this current issue? Yes, we see it um, with our current patients, of course, and then new patients that are coming in as well. In terms of um, everybody is is reporting high levels of anxiety, and most folks are reporting high levels of fear too, especially um, initially. There was a high concern about their own health um, and the health of their family members and a fear of the unknown. And when you think about COVID-19, it does not look like a fun thing that you want to come down with. So um, people were, were quite panicky, actually. We were getting reports of lack of sleep, um, tearfulness, um, you know, just feeling out of sorts with their family and friends, not knowing how to adjust. And then, of course, you lose your footing. Um, financially and everything else in terms of where your business lies or your employment situation. So it's um, most of the time we get therapy situations where people will come in with a particular issue and now they have a particular issue and like you mentioned Vic, 
and then they walk in and they've got this whole additional level oh. of multiple layers of concerns now because of COVID. So whatever they had before does become increased. Well, it's, a, it's almost like a, a cruel trick. Um, you know, when you have somebody that's struggling with other elements and, and you know, I have to, I, I'm looking forward to, you know, some further uh, discussion here today. Maybe I'll end up on the couch. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, the, the thing that I, that I look at is, is for, for bulls in a China shop like me, look, I look at this and say there's 330 million Americans. There's 1.5 million people that got this. That's less than one half of 1% of anybody that gets it and almost everybody that gets it will get better unless they have some underlying health uh, situations. So for me, I go, cool, let's strip off the mask and roll. And, but for others, I've got some people that I know are going into work almost in hazmat suits, terrified about mm -hmm. what that looks like. And so I don't know, I don't know how that, how that, um, how to get past that. And I think that's part of what I hope to talk about today with you. Absolutely. One of the greatest supports that we can offer individuals is giving them the power to make choices. So, um, you know, the CDC may have recommendations, the World Health Organization has recommendations, your governor has recommendations and guidelines, etc. So we follow those. And if we want to modify those, I think that's an individual choice, even uh, on a personal level and then perhaps on a business level as well. Yeah. But I feel and like part of, the choice piece is what gives people the control, you know, and I yeah. think we need that. It is part of part of trying to help understand the choice, understand how the future works for all of us. And uh, gosh, I can honestly tell you, Karen, I'm so grateful for your time here today on the Leadership Lowdown. This is the Michigan Business Network. I'm Big Bursaro, and we'll be right back. Hi, this is Chris Holman, and as past chair of the National Small Business Association and a small business owner myself, I understand when you run a business, you rely heavily on your computer network. Now, you cannot afford lost data, lost customer information, and that's why you should trust your technology needs to ASK. Contact ASK at 877-ASK-4ASK for a free audit and analysis of your technology needs. That's 877-ASK-4ASK. Or find them on the internet at www.justask.net. ASK, taking the hassle out of technology so that you can run your business. Welcome back to Leadership Lowdown. This is Vic Versero here on the Michigan Business Network. We have with us today, Karen Gallagher. She's the founder and president of Wellness Institute of Michigan and a therapist. And so uh, probably finally, I've got, I'm getting professional help today. I'm feeling good about that, Karen. <laughs> I think we can all benefit, especially right now. Oh, exactly. Well, you know, that's, that's really kind of the, the thing that I wanted to make sure we, we spend a minute on is, um, you know, I don't know where this came from, but the whole notion of needing help um, emotionally, needing help mentally, um, some of those challenges, you know, we've got quite a stigma uh, in, the, in the United States that seems to have uh, taken root over the years. Do you find that's true? 
I do. I think the mental health stigma has been around um, from the beginning of time. I do think um, favorably now that it is improving. Um, I do think people are much more accepting of mental health issues um, and people are talking about it much more easily than perhaps in the past. And I'm seeing uh, many more employers, for example, recognize the mental health needs of their employees and finding ways to make sure that there's a work-life balance and things of that nature. So um, recognizing that, you know, if there's a loss in the family, you get bereavement time. Um, if there's a new baby born, you get leave, et cetera. So there's ways to make sure that people are taking time to adjust to different kinds of um, big events in life and things of that nature. Yeah. Well, and, and surely because your, your practice didn't start yesterday, um, <laughs> surely in, in your world, you've seen a migration of these things, right? I mean, companies have seemed to extend a little more grace to people that are, that are having some issues they want to work through. Um, but as you, as you think about that, are there some typical things that, uh, that cause or create those kind of issues where I, what would, what would some of those be that, that are foundational to some of these challenges? You know, I think in this country, the dominant issues are anxiety and depression, for example. Mm. Those yeah. are the two biggest ones. Um, actually, anxiety tops depression. So um, the foundation can be also um, a biochemical kind of a situation as, and a hereditary kind of a situation, as well as what we call an environmental impact that might um, make the situation or the uh, depression more significant. So for example, somebody might have um, hereditary factors that are, uh, might lead to depression, and then you have a tragedy perhaps the loss of a parent or God forbid the loss of a child or something. And then you see an increase in that depression. So that would be, you know, an environmental situation, which would make it much worse. Well, you know, you just said something that, that really, uh, man, threw on the brakes for me. I, th this is really important because um, you said anxiety and depression are a couple of uh, maybe starting points. Well, if you think about all that's gone on here in our country the last 60 days, my gosh, that we're in the middle of things that have raised anxiety for all of us. I, I remember, uh, just to show you a home movie and the way my brain works, first time I went into Meyer, um, I saw uh, people with masks on. And I, it, it kind of, it, you know, I got to tell you the honest truth for me, I couldn't see their smile. It, right. it, it my heart. I couldn't see them smile. I couldn't. And that's the way I, I say hi to people. I try to give them a big smile and they smile back and we just move on as strangers. But it's a friendly thing, right? <laughs> I was so distraught about it. Um, I went out and I got one of my suppliers and we printed my face on a mask. And so <laughs> you could, and my wife saw it for the first time. She said, that is creepy. <laughs> but you know, that's the biggest challenge. We can't be ourselves. And so when you think about anxiety, that's got to be a trigger to look around and go, this is not what I grew up in. This is not normal. And so that's got to be a, a, a big challenge for people that struggle with anxiety. It is. And I, I say that the world right now, that we are living so far out of context from what we're used to. We like to have our routines. We like normalcy. So we do want to be in a situation where we're comfortable. So wearing masks at the grocery store is not comfortable. Or I drive by the mall and it's empty um, parking lots. Um, it takes me two minutes to get to work as opposed to 10 because there's no traffic. 
Um, and, and driving by a high school parking lot with no vehicles uh, in the parking lot is really disturbing, actually. Mm -hmm. So those are the kinds of things um, that make us feel more anxious because it's so far out of our routine and what we're comfortable with. So Karen, what, what, what I wonder about, what you said is not, is not somebody up in your face. What you said is, is you notice things. So you look around and you see an empty mall parking lot. You look around and you see when, when the, the cars are supposed to be at school, something looks like it's gonna be. So this is subtle, right? So it's not necessarily in your face. So some of this anxiety, you didn't even know it's a challenge. It's just not right. Is, am I interpreting that correctly? Yes, actually, that's a great point, Vic. It's not something that has necessarily happened to us um, directly or hit us directly, but it's something that we're observing all over, all around us in every way, including our grocery stores that don't have the products that we need. Um, what is kind of subtle, but we are now in this new world, um, and we're forced into surviving in that. Yeah. Well, it's funny. Every time I, I find my, my actual toilet paper brand, I feel like I won the toilet paper lottery. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> it's just crazy, you know. So, oh, man, I, you know, and as, as I walk through this with you, Karen, I just know there's people out there, out there that, are, that are experiencing all the things you and I are experiencing in this. And I just appreciate the fact that you took time out of your schedule, which hasn't been less busy at all, I know. Uh, right. so glad you're here with us today here on the Michigan Business Network. This is the Leadership Lowdown. I'm Vic Bercero, and we'll be right back. Air has been advancing communities and providing opportunities for people in Michigan for more than 25 years. Through lending, investments, and the creation of homes and jobs, Sanair has made a combined $7 billion impact on the communities they serve. Learn more at www.sanair.com. You found the Leadership Lowdown here on the Michigan Business Network. This is Vic Versero, and today I am, I am taking my socks and shoes off. I'm laying down on the couch, and I've got my head carefully under a pillow because I finally have somebody that can help me figure this thing out, and it's the name of Karen Gallagher. She is the founder and president of Wellness Institute of Michigan, and she's actually a therapist, still practicing and uh, running a big business and everything else. But Karen, I'm just so excited about, about what we were, we've been talking about, and in this last segment, we talked about maybe some of the subtle things that are hitting us every day, just pinging off of us back and forth. And we, we may not even realize that, but, but you know, even recently I noticed that, that I'm, I'm, I'm quicker to snap. I'm, I got a shorter fuse than I, I know. It's not me, right? And so I wonder as we, as we think about this, there's a whole bunch of us that have never been through a pandemic but have added all of this stress to a normal, stressful world that we've been able to, we think, uh, take care of. But what do we do now? And how, at what point in time do we know that it's time to, to sit and talk to somebody? Because we got all that stigma that, that's stacked up there, right? When, when do right. we call? So that's a great question, Vic, and it's really important. How do you know when it's time to go in for counseling or call for help? And I, I, the answer is just basically um, the individual begins to feel um, 
upset maybe more often, maybe more irritable, more moody, uh, perhaps like uh, you mentioned, a shorter fuse, gets angry more quickly, uh, sleep issues, can't fall asleep, can't stay asleep when they go to sleep, maybe um, some eating issues, weight gain or weight loss, um, tearfulness, um, and, a, and a, perhaps a sense of sadness or a sense of uh, general anxiety and panic would be reasons why an individual would want to come in for counseling um, and or family members are saying, you know, it's time for you to maybe get some um, support on this because you're really feeling um, stressed out about it or you're having trouble on a day-to-day -day basis just operating and getting things done. Yeah. So, so those are cues for people to reach out for counseling. So sometimes I, I think I think maybe part of that is just an open conversation because if you rely on me to figure out that I'm different, well, I'm 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 on the inside looking out. But I think I think it it feels right. Tell me if I'm right. Uh, having a conversation with significant others to say, hey, you know, how am I doing? Do you do you uh, do I feel to you normal in terms of of how I've been lately or, or have I been a shorter fuse like I think I have, right? You know what, that, that's excellent that you just mentioned that, yes, because getting feedback from friends and family and saying, you know, I, I'm really struggling or do you feel like I'm struggling, have you noticed anything, um, is, the, is the best way to get that help because you're right, when we look at ourselves, sometimes we can't see it, so we do need that external support and that's where friends and family come in. Yeah, and what a, what a difference it is. And so, and so when people, uh, if, I'm, if I'm sitting there thinking, you know what, look, my life normally is stressful. I've added all of this. I've been sequestered at home. I'm, I'm getting angry. I'm getting whatever those, those lead signals are. How do we know it's time to call? I think, in, in my humble opinion, if you're thinking that, it's time to call. Is that fair? That is fair. And, and the other way to look at it is if an individual has never been to counseling, you have really nothing to lose by trying it is the other side of that. Um, it can't hurt you. So why not give it a whirl? And then if it's a good fit and it feels right and it's helpful to keep going and make yeah. that a choice that's um, beneficial for you because it works. It's helpful. Yeah. Well, and isn't that interesting? Because if they haven't been to uh, a spot where they've, they've actually had some help, what does that look like? Uh, um, is it is it just like exactly like it is on TV, or or is it, uh, or is there something different? Tell me tell me how it, how it looks in your practice. So we all have couches in our office, but okay. <laughs> but not everybody lays on them. Most people sit on them. Yeah. Um, but the first session is really quite inviting, and we do some pre work where we gather information from the individual about their demographics and insurance and that kind of thing and what their issue is. So their issue might be, let's say, depression or anxiety. And then we find a therapist in the practice that can match with that person based on that insurance um, and also their timing. Yeah. What I heard you say is that you suggested that part of this is um, actually having somebody that matches the situation. So you, you've got multiple therapists that you, you are in your practice and you would try to match the needs up with the specialist, I guess. Yes, exactly. We make sure that the insurance and the mental health needs match and the timing of when a person is available. And then once we make that match and that fit, um, we begin the process of setting up that next appointment or that first appointment. And now because the operation of the practice is fully telehealth, we're not in the office actually. 
um, we can provide the service um, at, at a much more reasonable, I mean, we have great hours now because we can do just about anything. Yeah, yeah. well, I, I think that's that's really excellent. Well, look, there's so much to there's so much that we can talk about. When we come back from our next segment, I think what I'd like to do is I'd like to spend some time talking about leaders that are in these positions. Because right now we're, we've got we've got employees that are some of them are being asked to come back to work. I know uh, the auto manufacturers just opened up. Um, there's some of those challenges that are going on. As an employer, you've got to think about safety, and also I think you got to think about how people are dealing with it. Everything from my friend that kind of looks like a hazmat suit operation all the way to the, the person that walks around defiantly without a mask. So we've got to kind of unpack that and, and take a look at that. Let's do that in our next segment, Karen. So glad you're here on the Michigan Business Network. This is the Leadership Lowdown. I'm Vic Versero, and we'll be right back. Most of us aren't looking around for accidents waiting to happen. That would be sort of odd. But when you have Accident Fund Workers' Compensation Insurance, that's exactly what they are doing. Accident Fund employees are the WorkSafe people. They take your safety very seriously because that's all they do. Workers' Compensation Insurance. That's why they're rated A excellent by AM Best. Go to AccidentFund.com slash WorkSafe and get the WorkSafe people. Accident Fund is a wholly owned subsidiary of Accident Fund Holdings Incorporated, the 10th largest workers' compensation insurer You found the Leadership Lowdown here on the Michigan Business Network. This is Vic Versero with my special guest, Karen Gallagher. She's the founder and president of the Wellness Institute of Michigan and a practicing therapist, which I think is cool because it isn't like she's now running a big fancy business, even though it's a big fancy business, but she also has uh, her own time that she's spending with clients and staying in the game. So Karen, that's really why I wanted to have you on today because much of our audience, um, are in the business of leading people or want to lead people. And um, when I think about today's headlines, um, uh, I'm not getting political at all, whenever we open up, but it's starting to happen. So I think the, uh, the auto manufacturing businesses opened recently, and we have um, some of those things that are just stepping forward. What happens is I've been called back into work. I'm an employee and I've been hunkered down and my world has changed. I am full of anxiety uh, and I'm, I have a lot of fear and I might even be having exhibited some depression from the fact that this is waiting on my already uh, tough world. So I'm an, I'm a boss, right? I I'm, I'm the new, I'm the, I'm the plant manager. I'm the leader. I'm whatever I am. I got to get things done. And I've got this person that's dealing with, um, you know, I want some plexiglass here. I want to bubble wrap my world here. How do we, how do we help cross the, the big canyon of people that are completely living in fear and those that are like, I got to get stuff done? You know what, Vic, that is a great description of the varied uh, personalities and difficulties that people are going to walk through the door with um, initially. And it is frightening for some people and much easier for other people. So we look at the leadership, for example, I think the greatest thing that we can do is create a plan and make sure that that plan is well um, documented, that there's been feedback given to that plan and that that plan is well disseminated. 
And kind of the bottom, one of the things that I think about is kind of the, um, you know, the least common denominator or the lowest common denominator, rather. So if you have a person who's more fearful or the government might be calling for particular kinds of restrictions, we kind of have to go for the tighter end of things initially, um, even though somebody on one end might feel like, we're good, I'm, I'm fine, I'm comfortable. But you have to kind of start with the younger or the more um, difficult areas first and, and make the plan go from there. And it reminds me of a situation when you've got three kids in the car and you've got a 12-year-old, a 10-year-old, and a three-year-old. Are you going to go to a movie that the 12-year-old can watch or are you going to go to the movie that the three-year-old can watch? And what you're going to end up doing is you're going to take them to the three-year-old movie because the other ones will adapt to the to whatever that show is, but you can't put a three-year-old in a 12-year-old movie. Right. Uh, and so that's what I mean by looking at that age difference in that particular example, but in that in terms of adjustment in what that person actually needs, you want to shoot for what is maybe the tighter, more restrictive areas, um, just so that you're making everybody comfortable and they can loosen as they need to. But from a mental health standpoint, um, I think that it's important that the leadership comes around and supports the individuals um, and recognizes their anxiety instead of poo-pooing it, so to speak, or minimizing it, so to speak, and really acknowledges it and tries to do their best to accommodate it without obviously affecting the business. So, so I think you said something there that's really important to me. So, so um, I, I was... I was born with sunshine coming out my ears. I mean, I love and and I, I've, I'm a big believer in in uh, taking tough things, spinning them around, and saying, "Let's look at the bright side." So so it's hard for me to slow down when I get around somebody with a lot of anxiety. Are there some 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 thoughts to go? Because my my reaction is, well, let's logically help them out of that, and that's not really always the case. You can't really lift people through logic that are dealing with anxiety. Is that true or not? That actually, that's another great point. Um, no, you actually, um, you can give them support and you can try and offer things um, that are comforting to them and try and make them feel safe. Like, hey, you know, if you wanna step over here and, and use your protocols over here, that's great. Um, but they're really, we do again, like I said, we have to really recognize that that anxiety is something that they are going to um, have to work through on an, on an individual basis, excuse me, on an individual basis. Um, it's really not something um, that everybody can really pitch in. They've got to work that through on an internal level. They've got to reframe it. Like you said, you can take a situation and that is made of lemons and turn it into lemonade very easily, and some people have to learn how to do that. Yeah, well, and, and that, that would be a setup for my next question, which is, are there things that I, as a leader, can can help people learn, can coach them through that are dealing with these levels of anxieties? Because to me, that it's all about making progress and what that looks like. So are there, are there techniques for that? Well, there are a few techniques. One of them is to allow people to be as physical as possible, um, to work it off. Um, for example, um, you know, doing actual walks, doing yard work, um, being physical helps to release anxiety, so that's always helpful. Um, recommending that people take care of themselves using apps and so forth, um, and meditation and finding quiet time, perhaps at the work site, um, places they can go, even if it's me sitting in their car for a few minutes. Those kinds of examples to help them regroup. There's deep breathing, there's relaxation techniques, 
Like I mentioned, there's meditation apps. Um, and then remembering so that the person doesn't feel bad that stress is actually normal and that they're not odd or unusual for that. Well, that's really helpful. And maybe in this next segment, we should spend a little bit of time about helping our leaders um, unpack some of those things. Where do they find those? How do they get their hands on on those? Because I think I heard you say one size does not fit all. And so we need to be uh, cognizant of that. Um, man, Karen, I, I just am blown away by some of the good stuff that's coming out here. And I hope it's helpful to our audience here on the Michigan Business Network. This is the Leadership Lowdown. We're going to pay some bills and we'll be right back. Physicians Health Plan is local. For 35 years, we've been a part of your community, and we take pride in helping you get the coverage, care, and personal service you deserve. Go to phpmichigan.com for more information. We're the health plan that works for you. This is the Michigan Business Network. I'm Vic Bursaro here on the Leadership Lowdown, and we have with us today Karen Gallagher, founder and president of Wellness Institute of Michigan and a practicing therapist. And right now, I, my feet are up on the couch. I'm uh, doing the best I can to make sure I'm taking copious notes because Karen really has filled our, our pages full of all kinds of great ideas. And Karen, in this last one, in our last segment, you spent a little bit of time talking about some practical techniques and elements that I thought were just super but if, if, um, uh, if I'm uh, in a leadership role, whether I'm an HRD person that's trying to help uh, with some, some organization or whether I'm just a small business owner realizing that I've got some loyal employees that are, you know, dealing with some things that they, they weren't dealing with six months ago. So where's, where's some of the, the ways that people can plug into maybe um, a little more information, whether it's literature that you can recommend or, or resources? So the governor has actually set up a few resources. The first is um, a hotline for people that are actually in crisis. So if you go to michigan.gov, there are some, and you type in hotline, you would get that information. And then she's got what she calls a warm line, which is a peer support system for people dealing with substance abuse and other mental health issues as well that are, quote, not in crisis, but have things going on. And then she's put a, a um, we have a relationship now um, with our government in an organization called Headspace. And Headspace is great. They offer a variety of meditations for children and actually, um, which wow. is neat, um, for five minutes up to 30 or 40 minutes about issues like anxiety, sleeplessness, loneliness, etc. cetera. Um, so that's a great little um, resource as well. There are some authors out there, and one in particular is Brene Brown, and it's B-R-E-N-E Brown. Um, she's a, a therapist, actually, and a researcher, educator out of Houston, Texas, and has done multiple podcasts recently on uh, coping with this as well, and the COVID-19, as well as just handling any kind of change in anxiety. Um, so those are a couple of great resources. And again, if you end up coming in and seeing a therapist, um, they can provide resources more specific to a person's particular needs because there's multiple research and literature on, for example, grief or, or other topics. 
Yeah. And I think what, what I, what I've, I've, um, I think in our conversation today, we've talked a little bit about the notion that it isn't like, okay, see the manual page and that's going to fix all of our problems. It feels like uh, because of the various levels and frankly, the complexity of what people are dealing with, it goes back to if you're a supervisor or a leader of an organization, you've got to be thinking a little bit more, um, I guess, uh, uh, flexible than maybe you have in the past about these issues. So what about, um, what if I have an employee that that uh, really struggling and is the, the work function has really gone down and I just, and also it might even be disruptive to other, other people around that individual because they're going to want everybody in mask or everybody can't come in my office or whatever that issue is. Um, uh, do we, do we as a leader or employer have another step we can go, which is, Hey, can, can we have somebody work with you to walk through some of your concerns and issues? And, and would we then call your organization to do that? Or how would that work? So actually that employer would certainly be able to reach out to, for example, my clinic directly with the, probably with the employee's permission, of course. Sure. Uh, and get a hold of us and say, in fact, we do um, receive referrals that way from, for example, from the state of Michigan or from Michigan State University and from General Motors, where supervisors will contact us directly and say, we've got an employee struggling with these issues. And we can either call the employee directly then and follow up and say, you know, your, your supervisors recommended us, et cetera. Or the employee can call us directly as well. But I think it's within the purview of many supervisors in most circumstances to be able to approach somebody and say, you know, I've noticed these challenges are going on for you. Is there something going on even further, you know, behind the scenes that you want to bring up and that you want to take some time and, and get addressed? And as an employer and an organization, we're going to back you on that and we're going to let you take an hour off um, and scoot out and go take care of that um, each week or a couple times a week so you can get those things resolved. And I think yeah. that's a great way to help a person through their anxiety and depression when, they're, when they have that support around them. It's an individual issue, but they know that they're not being, um, that that stigma is not affecting them, that they're, they're actually receiving the support and not any embarrassment or shame for it. Yeah. Well, and I think, I think part of what you're, what you're suggesting is that, um, you know, and I think it's easier when you've had an excellent employee and all of a sudden you see these challenges and that notable change that's when you can kind of, I think, in a loving way, come alongside them and say, you know, look, I care about you. You mean a lot to our organization, and I want to make sure that uh, that you're seeing the world in a way that that uh, that is helpful, and you can get some uh, guidance along your journey. So I, I think I think that's really kind of quite special. When you um, when you think about getting together and, and uh, having these conversations, you've got to be um, obviously in today's world very careful and confidential. It's just like any other doctor type thing. Uh, you, you're not going to be um, uh, walking around saying, hey, I've got these six uh, people that I've sent to therapy, right? <laughs> you've got to be wiser than that. Right. Employers do need to protect the confidentiality of their employees, certainly. And employees need to then, of course, trust them that they will keep that private and, and confidential. Um, just a side note briefly is the mental health benefits that are out there through um, insurance companies, you know, your health insurance companies oh, yeah. are mostly terrific in this area. Absolutely terrific. 
Well, that's great. That's great news because it's, you don't have to go it alone and you can get some professional help along the way. That, I think that's, uh, that's outstanding news. Well, and um, uh, much of what you've given us today, Karen, is so helpful. So glad that you joined us here on the Michigan Business Network. We've got just one more segment here on the Leadership Lowdown. Can't wait to wrap it up here with Karen Gallagher on air. We'll be right back. The attorneys of Foster Swift, Collins & Smith offer legal counsel to businesses, families, individuals, and municipalities throughout Michigan with offices in Lansing, Farmington Hills, Grand Rapids, Detroit, Marquette, and Holland. Clients know they can count on Foster Swift for all their legal needs, from straightforward wills to sophisticated business transactions and complex litigation. Learn more about Foster Swift and how they can assist you at fosterswift.com. Thank you for tuning in to the Michigan Business Network, and thank you for being a part of the Michigan Leadership Lowdown right here on the Michigan Business Network. And we have with us today Karen Gallagher. She's the founder and president of the Wellness Institute of Michigan and a practicing therapist. And Karen, just so much good stuff that's come out of here um, in our conversation today. And I have to tell you, if I was in a leadership position with some other team leaders or even some other people I respected around, I think I'd, I'd, I'd take some of your comments and kind of circle the wagons with my leadership team and say, guys, how are we going to help? I know we're going to talk about uh, standards that the governor has set out for us to be practicing safe distancing and all the other things for our work segment. But what about us as leaders? Are we going to, should we meet and talk about uh, checking in on people, how, seeing how they're doing, having conversations what does that look like? What, are, what does it sound like to see uh, what's on their mind and heart as they come back and, and re-engage in our businesses? And so um, uh, any other suggestions along that way for uh, business leaders that are trying to figure this thing out and, and get moving again, uh, yet doing it in a, in a fashion that's supportive of everybody else? You know, um, that's, a, again, a great comment, Vic. I think, you know, business leaders and supervisors, managers, need to stay fluid with what people are going through, especially in the return to work. So if you think about it like this, we have, our, our world has never been in a pandemic before. So when you come back to work, I, I mean, it's, it's, we've never had to be absent from work. So you're coming back into a whole world that you is changed in terms of operation and procedure, et cetera. And so we do need to be cognizant and fluid with how people are responding to that. And I think just being warm, and like I said, and we've talked about it, just being open, acknowledging when people are having challenges, if you see that, um, and, and bringing those people forward maybe in a private way to see what's going on with them. But from a group standpoint, allowing feedback to come to, the, to those supervisors about how everybody's doing and adjusting. We've never had this before. We haven't. And I think that's really what I want to encourage everybody that's tuned in here is to think about is to think about the uncommon things to think about. A good example is today I was, I was uh, discussing with an employer that w- had opened up, and uh, yesterday was <laughs> probably one of the rainiest days that we've had all year. And, and when they opened up and their employees could, could come to the factory, there was one entrance, 
and they were checking temperatures and they're doing all this stuff, but they weren't um, walking through the entrance like they normally did. They had to stand in the rain. And so now you got employees that are coming back, probably full of anxiety, standing out there uh, getting drenched in the rain because we can't only let you in. But so they, that, that organization quickly built, you know, uh, uh, tents, if you will, over the top of the, where the, where the, the employees could wait. But just thinking through the rest of the story, what are those things that are, that are out there that are going to bite you that, that could happen? And, and uh, it's just one more reason for people to have anxiety and, and, uh, and stress, um, you know, and if you can eliminate that, what a, what a gift it is. But mm -hmm. Karen, I, I think the big thing is, is that, um, you know, I, I, I wake up and, and it may not be as sunny as it was yesterday. So I'm dealing with something. You, you deal with something. I, I think we all have issues, don't we? We do. And in fact, um, what we like to say, what we believe is there's not a human being out there who doesn't have some sort of stress in their life at some point in their life. We wow. all have grief and loss. We all have stress related to something. The kids are acting up. You know, the TV breaks, the refrigerator breaks down, and you just went to the grocery store all the way down to, you know, your backyard is flooded from the rain yesterday, and now we have to have a guy come out and address that. So, you know, to very serious things like divorce, financial stress, um, substance abuse issues in the family, etc. So we all have varied degrees of stress at various times. And we do want to recognize that people are just not living, um, you know, free of that. And that, that's normal. And so based on the fact that it's normal, we're there to help you get that treatment and to address those times when maybe those stress levels increase and make your life very uncomfortable for yourself and or your family. Yeah. Well, and Karen, look, uh, uh, for, for those of us that have never made a call, um, uh, how do we get a hold of you? How do we, how do we say, you know, I, I just, I just wondering, I just want to check. Right. And so you'll make, you'll make it safe for, for us to ask those questions, but where do I start with, uh, with, with picking up the phone or, or emailing or how does that work? One would be an actual picking up the phone and that phone number is 517-347-4645. Um, and, and we have uh, staff on full-time as usual from 8.30 to 5, Monday through Friday. So we are available. We also receive emails. Um, in fact, we get uh, some daily from individuals seeking help. And then our staff will call the individual who sent the email or send emails back and forth and get the ball rolling. And then we also receive faxes on a regular basis from physician offices or organizations um, sending over information with people. So an individual patient can call us um, and or a supervisor can call us and or a physician can call us or an employee assistance personnel person can call us. So we can would, you, would you have, just curious, Karen, would you have ways to put together programs for companies? If, if I'm a large company entity and I wanted you to um, help me with some messaging or help me with just have a presence there, is that something you could do as well with, with larger companies? Yes, we do do that, actually. My organization does provide that service, and we are, uh, we are involved with other organizations where I'm actually the EAP for another organization, and we do go in and assist with um, any services that management might need in terms of training employees and supervisors about how to access services. Yeah. Well, I have to tell you, Karen, you, you've been a blessing today to me, and I think you are to uh, our audience as well. There's so many things that, um, that people are dealing with in today's new world. 
And uh, I, I think uh, your services and uh, the Michigan Institute, uh, Wellness Institute of Michigan, has never been a more important entity to be out there serving our, our communities. And of course, uh, you're, you're across Michigan with several clinics. And so I just encourage people to uh, maybe make the call that might have been uncomfortable a few months ago. Let's make it comfortable because you're friendly people and good folks to talk to, right? <laughs> Thank you again, Vic, so much for having me. I really appreciate this opportunity. I thought we yeah. covered several great topics. So glad you uh, you joined us here today on the Michigan Business Network. So glad you've tuned into the Leadership Lowdown. We look forward to talking to you next time. I'm Vic Versero. Take care.